Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Psalm. Psalms. We'll be in the 33rd Psalm this morning, Psalm 33. There's 22 verses in this Psalm, and I'd like to read them all today. And so if you'll uh, commit to follow along, and let's see what this Psalm has to say as we read this, you follow along. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever in the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from the heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works, there is no king saved by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any in, uh, by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help. And our shield, for our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. We've read these 22 verses, but I draw your attention to near the middle of this passage in verse number 12, specifically that first phrase, or first half of that verse, which will be our theme this morning, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The word blessed, it's a word which literally means, or a, a synonym to the word blessed is the word happy. And it says, blessed or happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. Now think about that, happy is the nation. It's difficult to get three or four people on the same page at the same time, isn't it? Uh, and here is a, a statement made that a, an entire nation can be blessed or happy. And the key to this thought is what they're happy in. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The idea of that phrase of whose God is the Lord is uh, the God or whose God is speaking of the one that we recognize, the one that we submit to, the one that we elevate in our lives. 
And in this instance, saying whose God is the Lord. In our Bibles, it's the Lord, all capital letters. It's speaking about Jehovah Lord. It's speaking about the self-existent, all-eternal, one true God. And so when someone recognizes Jehovah God as their Lord, or Jehovah Lord as their God, they recognize Him for that, and nothing else is beyond Him or above Him in their life, they're a blessed individual. They're a blessed people group. They're a blessed nation. Now this psalm, of course the Old Testament is very much, not all of it, but most of it would apply to the nation of Israel, and I would say that would be true of this psalm, but Throughout this psalm, Psalm 33, he mentions the world, he mentions the earth and the inhabitants of the earth, and in this verse, he, he's making this in a generic sense. Blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. And so, without any hesitation today, we can apply this to us as a nation today. Uh, we can apply this to really our church today. We could apply this to individuals today. We may live in a nation that's going a different direction from what we would believe is our, our foundational Christian principles. But we as a church continue, can continue to make the Lord our God and have blessedness and be blessed by it. Uh, even if our church were to quit, quit being in that fashion, you as an individual could continue to make the Lord your God, and find blessedness, find happiness. And so this morning, we claim this from an individual, and we trust that it would be of our church, and we trust that it would be in our nation once again. I read this statement from a man named George Mueller. I've referred to him frequently. He's someone that I uh, certainly... Uh, uh, respect greatly. He was an English evangelist back in the 1800s in England, and, and he had founded several orphanages, and he was completely 100% dependent upon the Lord to provide for them in their, orphanage, in their orphanages there all through prayer, and he prayed in the food, he prayed in the finances that were needed. But he said this on this thought of being blessed or being happy. He says, I believe the one chief reason that I have been happy, been kept happy in useful service is that I have been a lover of Holy Scripture. It's been my habit to read the Bible through four times a year. Now, it's, it is a great success for you to read the Scriptures daily. It's even a greater accomplishment to read through the Bible in a year. But did you get that? Four times a year, every quarter, George Mueller read through God's Word. And he said this, he goes, I read through the Bible four times a year in prayerful spirit to apply it to my heart and to practice what I find there. And I have been for 69 years a happy man, happy, happy, happy. <laughs> you know why? The Lord was his God. He spent time with God. He, he, he made sure that this thought of 
Blessed is the individual. Blessed is the church. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. He made sure that was true in his life. And he found that blessedness, that happiness that so many people are looking for, by the way. Trying to find peace and happiness in life. And they've tried the things of this world, haven't they? They've tried the vices, the pleasures, the finances, and none of that can ever satisfy. Oh, there's momentary satisfaction. There's seasons of satisfaction, but it never brings a lifetime of happiness. You will only find that through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is possible for each of us to live the blessed, happy life that God wants us. And it begins by this. Making Jehovah Lord your God. Making Him, and it begins with trusting Him as your Savior. Leaning on Him, depending on Him in all aspects of life. But this morning I do want to focus on America. As we get ready to celebrate 246 years as a nation. A nation that has been blessed by God far more than any nation ever has been. Uh, The beginnings of our nation were heavily influenced by strong Christians. I'm not claiming that every one of our founding fathers were, were strong believers, but there was a strong presence, a strong influence from believers in those early days of our nation. I read that of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, 27 of them had, had seminary degrees. They had studied for ministry. They had studied the Word of God. And there were others, although they not, may have not had a degree or an education in, in the Scriptures, they were strong believers. Many of these men, after fighting for our independence and gaining that, began with the establishing of churches, Bible societies, printing Bibles in America. One of the signers of our declaration uh, compiled and printed the first hymnal in America. John Adams, one of our founding fathers, was asked at the beginning of our nation, while we were still in this fight, or what they called a conflict with England, someone said, John, do you believe that we can win this conflict with England? And his response is telling to the the spirit of our founding fathers. He says, yes, if we repent of our sins and rely upon God. This is not just a battle of, uh, uh, of militaries. He recognized this as a spiritual battle, as someone that, as a nation that needed to depend upon God. This strong Christian foundation has brought many blessings of God upon this land for the last 246 years. But unless we're purposely not looking or naive, we can see what's happening in America. We can see what has taken place over these last several decades as our nation has become more and more ungodly, has walked away from many of these godly and Christian principles that we were founded upon, has tried to turn the tide a different direction. Several years ago, back when we were serving in Columbus, Ohio, 
I had a young lady show up to church one morning, a visitor, and, uh, and so I recognized, I hadn't seen her, she was there maybe six or seven minutes before the service started, and I recognized that she was a first-time visitor. I went and greeted her, and it wasn't, it didn't take me long to figure out she wasn't from there. And so I said, where are you from? And she says, well, I'm from New York, but originally from Russia. And I said, you learned to speak English in New York City? She goes, yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. She was in her late 20s, and her name was Anastasia. And uh, she was, I was talking to her, and our assistant pastor walked by, and he had grown up in Ukraine as a missionary kid and spoke Ukrainian and Russian. And I said, Joel, come here. I said, say something to her in Russia. Like, it was like a little trick dog there or something, you know, like do something for her. And, and so he began to talk to her, and they had a nice conversation, and she started coming to our church on a regular basis. And it was sometime during an election cycle, and someone had been elected that uh, we weren't in favor of. It was uh, uh, liberal politics and taking our nation away from uh, these. Uh, it, it was something like that, and there was some complaining, there was some poor-mouthing, there was some disappointment there, and and she was standing over there just looking at all of us. She says, you Americans are spoiled. And I looked at her and said, what do you mean, Anastasia? She's like, you don't know how good you have it. She goes, I grew up in Russia. She goes, I grew up where there was no freedoms. She goes, I grew up when we'd go to a grocery store and there'd be nothing on the, on the shelves. She goes, we couldn't even afford a car to buy the expensive gas. And she would go on and on and on and on. And she was a girl that saved and saved and saved and came to America on her own, all by herself at 25 years old, trying to make a way of life here. And I said, you know, Anastasia, you're right in a lot of ways. We are spoiled Americans. But I said, there is some truth to what we're saying as well. We see things slipping away. We see things changing. We see our nation headed in a direction that's taking us away from these things that have led to all of this blessed life that we have been able to maintain and have these many years. We see our nation headed the wrong direction. And I believe many of you see that with me as well today. And so what can we do? What can we do when we see our nation going the wrong direction. As I look through this psalm, I've come up with four thoughts I want to share with you very quickly this morning of what can we do when our, nation's, our nation is not honoring God, our nation is going a different direction. Well, the first thought I want to give you after saying that, you're going to say, well, that doesn't make sense, but hear me out. Number one, I think we need to be grateful. We do need to be grateful. Look at the first th three verses of this psalm. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. The idea that praise is comely, the praise looks good on the upright. It's fitting for the upright. For those that are righteous, for those that are born again, it, it makes sense that our life would be a life of praise. Praise the Lord with harp. 
Sing unto him with the psaltery and the instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. When I say be grateful, I'm not talking about we're grateful for necessarily the direction of where our nation is headed, but we can certainly be grateful for our heritage. We can be grateful for how our nation began. We can be grateful for the many Christian principles that it was founded upon. We can be grateful to the God that has blessed us and from whom all our blessings come. There are many problems that we have identified with America, but do not let those problems cause us to lose our grateful hearts. You recognize this short verse from this familiar hymn? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I've said this before, if our blessings stopped today, you never received another blessing in your life, would you agree with me? We've already had far more than we deserve. God's been good to us. God has been a, a faithful God, and he will continue to be a faithful God. And we can praise him for that. We can have grateful hearts for who God is, what he has been, and what he will continue to be. Don't always look at our circumstances. Look at the God that can bring us above those circumstances. Don't let our our eyes just focus on the, the things of this life, but let's also be heavenly minded. Let's be reminded that this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. This world was never intended to be our eternal resting place. God is preparing for us a home in heaven. And we can live a grateful life here on this earth. And so number one, be grateful. Let's be people of praise. Number two, let's be fearful. Notice with me verse number four and down. For the word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. And all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depths in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to, the, to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, and the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from the heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men from the place of his habitation. He looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. When I talk about being fearful, uh, there in our verse number 8, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. What I'm speaking of here today is to recognize God for who he is. Recognize Uh, him and what he has done, what he can do, and what he will do. 
To live with a fear, a respect, an awe of what God is. We live with this proper fear of the Lord. and Recognize that He's in control of all things. This will lead to a complete dependence upon God. That we look to Him, that we know that He's able to carry us through and lead us through. And so we need to live a life of fear and awe to our God. When we do that, I believe it will lead us to some practical ways of living our Christian life, which the Scripture commands us to do. Let me give you some thoughts here with some verses you can look at a later time. But in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, we're told that we're to pray for our leaders. It doesn't say to pray for conservative leaders. Republican leaders, Democrat. It says pray for your leaders. We're quick to complain, but I wonder how often we pray. We pray for our local leaders. We pray for uh, those in authority above us here locally and in our state and then nationally. And the scripture encourage and not encourages it commands us to pray for them and i encourage us today that we would be faithful to pray for our leaders you say well pastor i don't like the way that pray for them you realize god is in control and god can turn the hearts of anybody that god could turn can, can turn these individuals it says in verse number six by the word of the lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depths in the storm. Listen, God created this world. God created this place where we're at. And God can certainly control the heart of an individual. God can cause them to do things that he wants them to do. God can cause them to do things that would be contrary to their normal ways. And we need to pray for our leaders. In this day and age, I think we also... As we stand in fear and awe of our great God, we need to learn that we need to speak the truth in love. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 15. This is not a day and a time for us to cower and to, and, and to cover up and to, to back away and not say anything. We need to continue to proclaim the truth, but we need to do it in the right fashion. There are many things that are going on in our society and in our culture that are contrary to the word of God that, that, the, that they need to hear is wrong, but we need to say it from a heart of love and compassion. We're very good sometimes of either cowering and not saying nothing or speaking the truth, but doing it in a fashion that it will never be received. And so we need to learn this, to speak the truth in love. And we need to live our lives as salt and light. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, he speaks of our lives being like a light of a city up on a hill in a dark, dark world. And there needs to be a bright and shining light here at this, this corner here at, at Heritage Baptist Church. There needs to be a light in your home. There needs to be a light in your life that when people see you, see this church, see, see our families, that they know there's a difference. Remember this, we are to be different than the world. 
They need to see righteousness from us. According to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34, it's righteousness that exalteth the nation. This recent decision from our Supreme Court, on the Roe versus Wade, this, this awful law that came into place years and years ago, decades ago, legalizing the murder of unborn children. And I'm grateful for this recent decision, but I've heard some Christians say, oh, it's just going to get worse for us now. That should never be the determiner whether we go for something or not. This was a righteous, good decision in the right direction. And God will bless that. Will it have political fallout? Will this rally the, the, their, their side to do greater and harder things against? Perhaps, but it was still the right decision to be made. And we're not dictating things on who wins an election. We're dictating things on righteousness. And so don't let politics and those things override our fear and awe of who God is. Remember, God is in control of all things. So be grateful, be fearful, and let's be faithful. Uh, Verse 15, down to verse number 19. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Be faithful in this fact. That America's greatest need is God. It's the truth. It's the gospel. It's, it's, it's not a person. It's not politics. It's not a policy. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Here, the, the psalmist points out that a king cannot be saved, in verse 16, by a multitude of, of a host or an army of people. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. And in this time, a, a horse was like a, a tank. It was like a, 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 if, if an army had a large amount of a cavalry or horses, this was a sign of strength. But none of those things matter. And what it's saying here is don't depend upon the things that the world depend upon. Be faithful to God. And again, church, Our greatest need here in America is the gospel. That's what's going to change America. And it's going to happen. It can only happen this way. One individual at a time. One person gets saved and that leads to another person being born again. And another person. It is a process of time that takes place one individual at a time. But it's the right way to do this. Now at the same time as we put our faith and trust in the gospel, make that our priority. That does not mean that we take a hands-off approach to the other things of this life, like politics and policies. God's given us the freedom here and the ability to vote, and we need to be active. And we've seen in recent uh, months here by display in an election and then also uh, at our God Bless America night there, we've learned what, the dif- what a difference a church can make when the, when the Christians vote, when the Christians get out and involved. But politics should not take the place of the gospel. I know we have a lot of politically active people here, and I'm grateful for you. 
But your gospel needs to be more active than the politics. Getting the gospel out must take a priority. And so be faithful in getting America's greatest need, the gospel, out there. And then this psalm ends with this thought of being hopeful. Look at verse 20 through 22. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our hearts shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. So when we see America going the wrong direction, we can be grateful, we can be fearful, we can be faithful, but let us be hopeful in God. Again, he is in control. He's in charge. There's not one thing going to happen that he will not allow to happen. Let us trust him and let us wait on the Lord. Where's your confidence at this morning? In the things of this world or in the creator of this world? And let's lean on him. Let's rely upon him. Let's grow closer to him. Let's make this a message today of a bunch of individuals who will say, the Lord is our God. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Blessed is the nation. Blessed is the church. Blessed is the individual whose God is the Lord. What a difference we can make if we'll make God our Lord. Let's bow in prayer. Father, I pray that you would help us today where we, we do pray for America. We pray, God, that America would turn back to you. But Lord, help us today to be people that will be grateful, be fearful, be faithful, and be hopeful. And it's all centered around you today, God. May we put our faith and trust in you and lean on you. Will we lift up America to you, Lord, that, um, Father, that you would continue to use this nation to be a bright and shining light. But, Lord, to recognize you want to use the church within this nation to do that. So, Lord, help us to be patriotic today in our faith, patriotic towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, use this invitation now for your honor and your glory. Work in the hearts and lives of those that you've touched today. Lord, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. As our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, would you stand this morning? Perhaps the Lord's burdened your heart about your own relationship with God. Perhaps he's touched your heart about our nation. And as the piano begins to play today, if the Lord spoke to your heart, I want you to respond either there at your pew or here at this altar. Let's be obedient to the Lord this morning.